Sure. Last week, uh, Sunday morning, we spoke a little bit around apostolic community, around uh, the Antioch culture, which I've spoken a lot about uh, this year since I got back from Turkey uh, in January. And um, I still believe like the Lord is, is ministering to us and He's going to outwork something. And I'm, I'm learning not to jump too far ahead, but to let the Lord take us on the journey. Um, but there's something really profound and beautiful that's happening in 24-7. And God's giving us riverbanks for what He's pouring out. Because the flow of the Holy Spirit, it's going to come like a flood. It's here, but it's just increasing. And we're going to see um, the movements of the Spirit of God in ways that we don't understand and can't comprehend. And we're not meant to. But we are meant to make sure that we're in the flow of the Spirit. Um, and so he's teaching us about culture. He's teaching us about the values of the kingdom and the things that are going to help us uh, stay grounded so that he can continue to, to flow in our lives. You know, revival, how many of you were here uh, two or three weekends ago and Pastor Perry was here and we had that wild, yep, most of us, cool, really wild. And I said last week, you know, we don't have guest speaker syndrome. Um, we're not, uh, you know, wild when the guest speaker's here and then uh, religious twits um, when they're not. No, we're, we're, we're free. We're free and we love Jesus. And Jesus is the main event. He's the attraction. He's everything. Um, but when those times happen, it's a time of refreshing that awakens your heart, opens your eyes again to go, oh, yeah, there's more. It stops you from, from sitting back. It stops you from getting comfortable. It pushes you into the more. It provokes you to seek Him. And that's what happened in 24-7. Um, and the Lord's teaching us that revival is not a dripping tap. We're not waiting for that next drop from that tap. Revival is, a, is a, f a river that's flowing from the throne room. And if we'll learn to position ourselves, we can stay in the flow of awakening in the Spirit where we're continually coming into the more of God and continually seeing the kingdom of heaven realized in our lives. Are you with me? And so I, I, I'm excited about that. And, and last Sunday night, we had such a deep work. I love what Damien said. We, we tried real hard to see if we could replicate Sunday mornings with Sunday nights, and it never happens. I can't even bring myself to preach the same thing. Um, and every time I prepare something, Holy Spirit shows up, and last week was profound. Um, we, had, we had people set free from addictions, um, sexual perversion, relationship issues, some of the most intense stuff that nobody wants to talk about, set free from pornography. I've had incredible testimonies coming through in the week and just journeying with different people. And uh, we had a moment where the Lord did uh, deep healing of, of shame and guilt and condemnation. And then the next thing, we had all the, the men in the room up here in the front on their knees repenting uh, to the woman for uh, over-sexualizing women, for uh, abusing women, for uh, not treating them the way that the Father sees them or, or, or treats daughters. And, uh, and deep, deep, deep healing happened. And it was prophetic for our community. So if you weren't there, it's not like you missed something. Why don't you set you free from stuff like that? Um, but it was prophetic, and God's doing something so, so powerful. So I want to say to you that um, <laughs> I'm going to quote The Chosen. How many of you have seen The Chosen? <laughs> it's not the Bible, but it's pretty close. Um, <laughs> but uh, I love this one scene where Jesus says to this man, he says, I ask little of those. No, I ask much of those who follow me and little of those who don't. Um, and that, that was ringing in my head the last couple of weeks. I ask much of those who follow me and little of those who don't. And it costs to be a part of the family of God. It costs. It really does. And, and being a part of the family of God is not built on attendance. It's not built on, on uh, whether you show up on a Sunday. But it's relational connection. It's discipleship. It's submission to, to what the Lord's doing. Um, 
It's sonship. And to all the ladies, if I have to be called a bride, you can be called a son. <laughs> I actually enjoy being, being a bride. It's awesome. The Lord's he's, he's pretty beautiful. When you see Jesus, you, everyone wants to be his bride. But family is important. And I, I shared this a little bit on Friday night, and it was quite amazing with some of the young adults. Um, you know, sometimes you say yes to Jesus in your heart. You give him everything in your heart. You go, Lord, I, I want you to have my whole life. And then weeks go by and you're, you're, you find yourself frustrated because you're, you're not seeing that expression of what's happened in your heart. And then you start to doubt and question yourself and wonder if you actually did say yes. Uh, or you just go, like, I'm just confused as to what this looks like. And I want to say this to you, that family brings context to the yes of God in your spirit. That actually the Holy Spirit has made a decision, and that's that He will use the bride, the church, the body, to equip, enable, and strengthen the yes of God, the expression of His dream in you. In other words, you cannot build or serve the kingdom of God alone. It's impossible. And it's not impossible because I say so. It's impossible because that's just how the Lord has made this, designed this to be. He's building a family. He's building a body. He's building a bride. I'm so sorry if that offends you, but it's the truth. And He loves you so much. And so He wants you to come into family, into belonging. And, and sons and daughters... When you become a son and a daughter, you know, the world teaches us that submission limits you and controls you. And, and if it's a misrepresentation of the heart of God, then yes, it does. But when it's in authenticity and in, in the original design and purpose of God, submission to the Lord and to His government on the earth liberates you. And it, it brings you to a place of being able to flourish and thrive. I want to say this to you. In, in seven years of being in ministry now, um, nearly eight, I think, actually, but let's say seven. Um, what's incredible is I've never once seen somebody thrive, flourish, come alive in what God's called them to do outside of the context of relational submission. Just, I've never seen it. And I've seen so many people who are burning and have so much on their life but choose to be isolated and independent from what God's actually doing under the guise of I'm being obedient to what the Lord's saying, and this I'm meant to do this. And See, God's not so much about right and wrong. He's, <laughs> he's about His presence, and He made a decision about where He chose to dwell. So when you yield to His presence and you yield to the government of His presence, you get set free and liberated to run what God's called you to do. So 24-7 has a mandate to redeem the purposes of the government of God in the church, leadership in the church, why we exist, why we gather, why we do all of this. We're, uh, the Lord's healing the church from institutionalism. He's healing the church from systems and structures and uh, all these things that we got from the business model when the reality is the government of heaven looks like something. Just because there's been a misrepresentation doesn't take away God's original design, plan, and purpose. And so when you see that, then suddenly shepherds and leaders and, and the gifts that God's given are actually here to serve and equip. We're actually here to build something that empowers you and enables you to be who God's called you to be. And so then submission is something that sets you free, not something that controls you. And so I have zero desire to control your life because just by the way, it's exhausting. Um, and, and so nobody, nobody wants to do that. The only time you want to do that is when you're trying to build a successful church. But 24-7 got set free from that because Jesus said he's building his church. And so when you read 1 Peter 5, all he asks the shepherds and leaders to do is to set an example. That's it. And there's no ways that any of the leaders in this church can do that in their own strength. I put my hand up and go, no way should I be an example. But when the Holy Spirit moves upon people, puts them in that place, then He empowers them to actually equip, train, set free, liberate, empower. Come on, run. Do what God's called you to do. 
And so I want to say to you, you choose to be a son or a daughter in this house, and you submit to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, expressed through shepherds in this house, you will flourish and you will thrive. Amen. Right? Awesome. If you want to argue with me about it, um, I'll give you Gavin's email address. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's like three things running through my head right now that I'd love to preach, and I don't think any of them are going to come out on their own. <laughs> come on. Oh, wait, I'll tell you just now, because it might change. Um, We're becoming an apostolic community because the Holy Spirit is, is um, being given his rightful place in the church again, where he's, he's everything. It's, his leadership is perfect. His government is pure. And when the Holy Spirit leads the church, we become what he designed us to be, and then we spend most of our time learning to listen and not so much having an agenda or having something to say or even an opinion. In fact, when you, when you allow Holy Spirit to be Lord in the church again, we find ourselves in a place of awe and wonder. And where our, our highest uh, call or responsibility as the church is to make sure we're listening. Because when He speaks and when we obey, He moves and He builds what He's building. And the kingdom of God is established and signs, wonders, and miracles follow. And, and the supernatural breaks out, not because you finally got your act together, but because you're listening. And so when we see Him rightly and we understand that He's invited us to a place where we're, we're actually allowed to listen, we're allowed to be close. You're allowed to be so close that you can hear His voice. And when you, when you catch this, then suddenly you are equipped. Does that make sense? But I want to say this, that um, an apostolic community, there's marks of an apostolic community and, and characteristics, which I wanted to talk about today, but we'll, we'll get there another time. Um, but I want to say this, Holy Spirit is the greatest apostle ever sent to the earth outside of Jesus. Not that he's outside, but uh, he's, he is the Spirit of Jesus. But he's still the greatest apostle on the earth. Um, and and w what an apostle is, it's actually, it comes from this, the Roman culture, Roman uh, word, and it was essentially when somebody was sent with the responsibility to bring the Roman culture or Greek culture uh, to that area. So apostles were sent to establish a different culture and the kingdom of where they're coming from in that place. Simply put, there's a lot more to it, but, but that's, I want to keep it real simple. So, so if you think about this, an apostolic community is a group of people that have taken responsibility to bring the government of the kingdom of heaven to the place where God has positioned them. And they understand that they're bringing the culture of a different kingdom to that place. And that's why it's just where two or three are gathered. You know, if they agree, actually, that's where Jesus is. That's where his presence is. And so now, if we, if we look at these times, when you come to a space like this, you realize God's using the people of God to bring a different culture, a different kingdom that is not of this world, that doesn't fit, it's upstream, it's abstract. You should be so wild, so different, so extreme that you're a phenomenon to people. That's the reality of, of the church. And so I love that God's doing that in 24-7. I, I had so many dinners this week. I'm, I'm losing count. I couldn't even keep track of the days because since um, Pastor Perry was here, we've basically just been like full throttle. Everyone's like, what the heck is going on? And this is wild. And how do we do this? And so we've had awesome dinners. But you know what really blew my mind is so many people um, are, are saying, uh, especially people that have just joined, are saying, um, man, this is like the Bible. This is like the book of Acts. This is, you know, so many uh, people are saying, wow, 
we've longed for this, we've looked for this, and, and I, that moves my heart in such a way, but it, it provokes me to humility, to a place of getting on my knees, because it's like, Lord, we have, we have, we've had a sip. Can you imagine if we allow the Holy Spirit to really move in the church again, what's going to happen? Um, and so it's a real privilege, but it's, it's the person of the Holy Spirit who is the greatest apostle, who's establishing the kingdom of heaven in our lives, on the earth, in our community. And he's the one who sends and commissions. He's the one who builds. He's the one uh, who equips and enables. And so if we don't know as a people, good call, Rob's Holy Spirit, there we go. Um, <laughs> sorry, we, we prepped this earlier, and I was like not sure if I was going to speak about this, so, but she got it. Um, but Holy Spirit, if we, if we learn to yield to His Lordship, uh, He'll do what we can't do. The leadership of the Holy Spirit is perfect in the church and is perfect in your life. And the Holy Spirit's taking what's in the nature of Jesus and He's ministering it and communicating it to you. And so right now we're being uh, positioned, set apart to reach Johannesburg, to reach South Africa, to reach the continent of Africa, the 1040 window into the ends of the earth. Right? I don't know if you know that, but I do, and it's really exciting. Um, we're being positioned for that, but it's the Holy Spirit who's doing the work. It's the Holy Spirit who's confirming His Word, who's moving on hearts. Um, and you'll see Acts chapter 4, there's marks of a, of a community that's governed by the Spirit of, of God. And one of the biggest things that you'll see in that is generosity. And uh, gone are the days of, of um, the speeches for tithes and offerings and all those kinds of things. Because when Holy Spirit invades your life, you, you're wild. You're wildly generous. You're wild. Nothing that you have is your own. Um, you know, I love what Pastor Peary said, you know, we're, we're not looking for, for money, we're looking for seed. So, so money is an opportunity for you to sow seed into the kingdom where you'll actually allow the Holy Spirit to move upon what's yours and it becomes His. And when it becomes His, there's a harvest. And everyone missed that one, but it's all good. You can come back and listen to the recording. Awesome. So the Holy Spirit's a person. And he's, he's beautiful, and he's, he's meant to be so close to you that he's your closest friend. And he's invited you to that space. And what, what's going to sustain revival in your life, what's going to sustain the kingdom of heaven, the, the, the power, the glory, the weight of God in your life is a daily intimate walk in relationship with the Spirit of Jesus. And if we don't learn and understand that that is the highest call of our lives is to have that intimacy, if, if we don't begin to lean into that, um, what God does and how He moves becomes too heavy for us. And I shared this at the beginning of the year about the government of His presence where the, the weight of glory that's coming is so intense that you'll do one of two things, you'll, or three things. You'll either yield and surrender and He'll change and transform your life or you'll run and head for the hills and want nothing to do with Him or you'll die. And people go, oh, how do you, what do you mean by that? Well, Acts chapter 5 in the New Testament, Ananias and Sapphira, they died because, of, because they lied to the Holy Spirit and the glory of God was upon the church. So one of those three things will happen. I would suggest the first one, um, probably the best one for you. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the presence of the Lord is not to be mocked and it's not casual. Um, and it's, it's not something to become familiar with. It's something to hold with reverence and awe every time that we stay in wonder when we see Him. Because if you do that, you keep your heart like a child's. And then you're not so much boxing God and dictating and deciding what He has to do in your life or what your expectations are, but actually you're just ready for Him to move and you want to obey. You know, the gospel is real simple. If we learn to, to listen, to obey, and to follow, uh, every day will be a wild adventure with the Lord. And I know... Um, I'm just talking from my heart. I hope this is okay. But I know that it's difficult. We live in, in, a, in a, a city 
with a city culture. And it's difficult because everything around you is screaming at you. Make money, the grind, pay your bills, do what you need to do. And, um, and that's the culture that we live in. But we're not of this world. We're not of that culture. We carry the culture of the kingdom of heaven. And God wants to flip the world upside down. And he wants to do it through you. And so, you know, like in Acts, um, these, are, these are those men that are turning the world upside down and they've come to us. That's what Joburg should be saying of the church. That actually we're turning the world upside down and we do that by allowing the Holy Spirit to make us different. Okay, awesome. Um, you can turn to the book of Ephesians and we'll probably find one or two scriptures in there uh, that'll be really powerful. Um, just one more thing before we do that. Uh, the Lord really wants to set us free from familiarity. Um, that word familiar, we become familiar, very familiar. And I, I want to say this, we become familiar with His presence. And when we do that, we really limit the flow of the Holy Spirit. But not only that, we become familiar with each other, and we become familiar with the ones that the Lord appoints and anoints for specific mandates. And when we do that, we stop operating in honor. And when we stop operating in honor, we become proud and arrogant. And so humility goes out the window. And the moment we, we lose humility and honor, we shut the, the doors of the flow of Holy Spirit in our lives. Or if it's flowing in the room, we're not positioned to receive. And so familiarity can kill uh, the, or not kill, but, but stifle or um, extinguish, quench uh, the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so um, when I was praying about familiarity, I felt the Lord say that it's humility and honor that, that conquers and beats a familiar spirit. Um, and humility and honor is not just lip service. It doesn't look like lip service. I just want to say it looks like submission. In Ephesians 5, um, just a real quick scripture in Ephesians 5, verse 21. In fact, uh, we'll read from, from 20. Always giving thanks to God the Father for all things in the name uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ, being subject to one another out of reverence, reverence for Christ. So if you find yourself in a place of reverence when you're beholding Him, you see Jesus for who He is, what, the, what will flow from your life is a submission and an honoring of each other. Um, and more than that, an honoring of those that the Lord's actually given as a gift to you as a spiritual leader or, or oversight of your life to shepherd you. And when you begin to submit and honor in those places, you'll, you'll start to see uh, the flow of the Holy Spirit because it's not so much about you being right. Uh, I want to say this, that the righteousness of Jesus makes the wrong things right. So if Jesus is about presence, see, okay, let me say it like this. Sometimes we value being right more than we value becoming love. So if you value being right, you'll really struggle to be a son or daughter. And I, even in my own journey as a son, I've learned that even when I submit because of the, a culture of honor that's a value of the kingdom, if I submit even to something that uh, I recognize, that may, I disagree a little bit with what that, that is or what that's going to look like. But I submit and I honor the Lord in the midst of that by honoring my leaders or by honoring uh, you know, that person that the Lord's highlighted to me. God's, the righteousness of Jesus makes the wrong things right. And you come through that and you see the manifestation of heaven. And you go, sure, I didn't think it would turn out this way. Because God's really not, there's not a pressure that the Lord's ministering to, to the church to be right. He is right. And he, He's right even when you're wrong. And so as long as you stay in His rightness, His righteousness, He'll make the wrong things right. And so that when you live in that place, you're not afraid of, of missing it. The, the thing that, that matters most to you is being near Him. Awesome.
So we want to break familiarity and we want to let the Holy Spirit minister his leadership to us. Sheesh, I'm really trying to get to Ephesians. <laughs> I promise you. I just, every time I'm about to read it, I just feel this like checking my spirit. I have no idea what he wants to say, but we'll, we'll follow him. Um, okay, Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1, 18, let's, let's read that. This one's for you, Duan. <laughs> Ephesians 1. Verse 18, And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, may be enlightened, flooded with light by the Holy Spirit, so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee and the confident expectation to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people, and so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of His active spiritual power is in us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of His mighty strength, which He produced in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, whether angelic or human, and far above every name that is named, above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and world, but also in the one to come. That's pretty clear about who's the boss. And he put all things in every realm in subjection under Christ's feet. And appointed him as supreme and authoritative leader or head over all things in the church, which is his body. Listen to this. The fullness of him who fills and completes all things in all believers. That's wild. So the prayer is that the eyes of your heart, the core of your being, would be enlightened, flooded with light by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, so that you'll know and cherish the hope. But this inheritance, it's in the saints. So the inheritance of the Lord for the church, is in the, it's in the church, it's in the saints, it's in the bride, it's in the body. You cannot participate in the dream of God outside of His body. And I'm not talking about a service. I'm talking about this, this, this oneness, this unity, this connection through the Holy Spirit that's causing us to submit to one another, to run together, to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in the dream of God so that the expression that's in you, that unique, beautiful, powerful expression can actually come alive with the saints. And your brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers are bringing color to your yes. And it, it creates this beautiful picture of God's dream, which will be fulfilled. We know that. And if you go to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16... It says, may He grant you out of the riches of His glory. Okay. We're reading our Bibles, right? We, you, were all, you heard what I said. That's, that's um, out of the riches of His glory. May He grant you out of the riches of His glory. Where is it coming from? Out of the abundance, the riches, the treasures, the wealth of the glory of God. That's what you're going to receive, okay? May He grant you out of the riches of His glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through His Spirit in your inner self. Amplified says, indwelling your innermost being and personality, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through your faith, and may you, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love, be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, there it is again, with who? All the saints, the width and the length and the height and the depth of His love, 
Amplified says, fully experiencing that amazing endless love. And that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That you may be filled up throughout your being to all the fullness of God, so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives. Completely filled and flooded with God Himself. You guys need to get the Amplified Bible, man. I tell you, sheesh. (laughs) I love the Amplified now to him who is able. Say, now to him who is able. Come on, it's him, it's not you, it's him. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly. I love that word. Like abundantly would be awesome, but super abundantly. What does that even mean? Super abundantly. More than all that we dare ask or think. Amplified says, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams. That's God's dream for you. It's, you. You don't even have the ability to comprehend it. According to whose power? His power that is at work within us. For what purpose, guys? To Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. What the Holy Spirit's doing in our life is He's positioning you. He's equipping you. He's giving you Himself. He wants to fill you. He wants to possess you. He wants to occupy your life. So there's nothing else but Him. And when that happens, the dream of God comes alive in you. You begin to operate outside of your own strength, your own ability, your own personality. Now you are walking in the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit, bringing the kingdom and the government of Jesus everywhere that you go. And the dream of God is coming alive right in front of you. And now you'll see stuff, fruit in your life that's coming from, not because you finally got your act together, but because you finally yielded. You finally surrendered. And you, you see, yielding to the Holy Spirit doesn't just look like getting on your knees in your bedroom. It looks like coming into agreement and alignment with everything He's doing on the earth and saying, I want in. It's making sure that, Lord, if, if you're doing anything on the earth, I want to be willing and available and prepared to slot in to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to begin to move and operate. And it happens when you wake up on Monday morning, when you wake up on Tuesday morning, and you've got to do those things in the day. Come on, it's partnering, it's collaborating, it's, it's allowing Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. He's so beautiful. You know, there's two scriptures, there's two things that we can do uh, uh, to the Holy Spirit in a negative context. One is grieve Him, the other is quench. And uh, I was thinking about these things. Why do we, how do we grieve the Holy Spirit? See, Holy Spirit's not here uh, to beat you up and hold you accountable to your failures every day and make sure you're aware of how much you're just a bad person. No, the reality is Holy Spirit's here to actually minister the righteousness of Jesus to you every single day. So how do we grieve Him? We don't grieve Him just because, like, oh, you know, I made mistakes and, and now the Lord's aware of it. No, we grieve Him when those things begin to take away from the, what we believe about ourselves, the reality of our sonship. See, when we begin to believe our failures more than we believe His success, then suddenly we operate in something that's not what He gave us and it grieves His heart because He's come alive in you with the destiny of heaven and He wants you to flourish, thrive, and succeed. So when we grieve the Holy Spirit, it's because we're operating outside of our created value, the nature of Jesus that He's given to us. It's His strength. It's His wisdom. It's His power. It's His anointing. So when we're in Him and we allow Him to be Lord of our lives then there's this beautiful submission and yieldedness to Him where He can flow in our lives. We grieve Him when we come outside of that because His heart for you is actually to thrive. His heart is not to make you feel guilt, guilty, ashamed, or condemned. He, those are never the, never the expressions of the Holy Spirit. The other one is quench, and the quench is like extinguish or subdue. And, and we don't want to subdue the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It means that he, He's so excited to flow through your life. But because He wants to co-labor with you, you actually have an opportunity to subdue what He's doing in you and through you. 
And when I, when I read scriptures like this, number one, I'm really rocked because I'm like, you're Lord. If he wanted to, he could just squish me and just say, get out of the way. This is what I'm going to do. But he is so in love with us that he wants to use us, collaborate with us to do what he's going to do on the earth, that he gives you an opportunity to silence him in your life. And the reason why he does that is because if you have the opportunity to subdue him, you also have the opportunity to let him flow. And so you get the experience of choosing to be flooded by the Holy Spirit and allowing him to move like a river in your life. And so, we, you know, in the, in the Amplified, that scripture in Thessalonians about quenching the Holy Spirit, it actually explains it's to, be, it's to subdue him or to be unresponsive to his working and his power. So think about it like this. The way we quench the Holy Spirit is when He's moving, operating, speaking in us, but we're unresponsive to Him. We've made a decision to look at something else other than Him, to listen to other things, to give ourselves to other things. Do you know that saying yes to Jesus can only happen by the power of the Holy Spirit? That your yes to Jesus is only because He enables your yes? So that's why we need relationship with Him every day. Everyone's okay, hey? I'm just trying to follow the Holy Spirit here because this ends up happening a lot. Where I'm, I'm finding myself in a place where I'm learning to prepare my heart by reading the Bible a lot. Uh, read the Word, get to know Jesus, spend time with the Holy Spirit, and then be prepared to follow Him when He puts you in front of people to shine. My prayer today was that I'm so overshadowed by the Holy Spirit that you'd start to feel the same thing too. That you walk out of here that you actually feel the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. He who dwells in the shelter dwells. If we choose to dwell, then we'll abide. Dwell first, then abide. Are you with me? 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it says, uh, verse 3, Therefore I want you to know that no one speaking by the power and influence of the Spirit of God can say, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is my Lord, except by the power and influence of the Holy Spirit. Powerful, right? Now there are distinctive varieties and spiritual gifts special abilities given by the grace and extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit operating in believers. But it is the same Spirit who grants them and, and empowers believers. And there are distinctive varieties of ministries and service, but it is the same Lord who is served. And there are, dis, uh, there are distinctive ways of working to accomplish things, but it's the same God who produces all things in all believers, inspiring, energizing, and empowering them. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit of God, the spiritual illumination and the enabling of the Holy Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Holy Spirit the power to speak the message of wisdom. To another, the power to express the word of knowledge and understanding according to the same Spirit. To another, wonder-working faith is given by the same Holy Spirit. To another, the extraordinary gifts of healings by the same Holy Spirit. And to another, the working of miracles. And to another, prophecy. And to another, discernment of spirits to another various kinds of unknown tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. All these things, the gifts, the achievements, the abilities, the empowering, are brought about by one and the same Holy Spirit, distributing to each one individually just as He chooses. I don't know about you, but I read that it's pretty clear that what we need in the church is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> like, I don't read that and go, which gift am I? I read it and I go, I need that guy. I need Holy Spirit. He does all these amazing things. He needs to be Lord in the church again. For just as the body is one and yet as many parts, and all the parts that are many from, uh, form only one body. Only one. 
so it is with Christ. For by one Holy Spirit we were all baptized into one body, spiritually transformed, united together. Whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we were all made to drink of one Holy Spirit, since the same Holy Spirit fills each life. Verse 27, now you collectively are Christ's body and individually you are members of it and each with his own special purpose and function. So God has appointed and placed in the church for his own use, first apostles chosen by Christ, second prophets, those who foretell the future or those who speak a new message from God to the people. Amplified always has to like make it really clear, sorry. Um, and third, teachers, then those who work miracles, then those uh, with the gifts of healing, helpers, administrators and speakers in various kinds of unknown tongues. And then Paul writes, says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts uh, of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire and strive for the greater gifts. And yet I will show you a still more excellent way. The Amplified says, one of the choicest graces and the highest of them all, unselfish love. And then it goes into chapter 13, which talks about love. See, the point is not, which gift am I? The point is, am I pursuing the Holy Spirit? Am I pursuing the person of love? The reality is Jesus is building his church and he's got gifts and anointings and, and he, he appoints people in different roles and responsibilities and things in the house and it's beautiful. But the purpose is we're all called to lay our lives down to be a, a, a weapon in his hand for the kingdom of God, to be the tools that he's building with, to be the living stones that he's building a dwelling place with for his glory and for his presence. See, when we do this, we liberate ourselves from, from the things that have hurt us in the past. Where, well, I'd, submission is a swear word to me because I've been hurt. Man, we all, everyone's been hurt. Just want to, you know, I haven't, I'm still super young in ministry. It's rough. You, you lay your life down for people and they leave in the drop of a hat. Yeah, people have been hurt by leaders. Leaders have been hurt by people. So the reality is, let's, let's, let's put that one aside and, and realize that's a junk. Come on, but let's realize that actually we're submitted to one another. We're coming into the body of Christ where it's His leadership over the church. And as long as leaders and as long as the, the congregation and the parts of the body are all functioning properly in the leadership of Jesus, we will thrive and flourish as the people of God. reason why I'm saying this to you today, maybe you're going, what the heck is he talking about? What's going on? I'm sharing this because what God's pouring out on the church, we do not want to go through six weeks of wild meetings and then find ourselves in a place where because of the, the glory and weighty presence of God, all the junk came to the surface and nobody knew how to deal with it. And then what you do is in six weeks, you spin out and you find yourself back down in the slums again. And you're like, I don't even know if God's real. And now you've got to wait another five years before you find some church where there's a revival happening. No, the reality is God's called us to be stewards of His presence, His glory, and His anointing. And it has a lot to do with His government. It has a lot to do with His kingdom. It has a lot to do with how our hearts are positioned in the family of God. And it has a lot to do with what we believe we are here to do. If you understand that you are not here for comforts and, and easy... I hope you've been reading those blogs that my dad's been sending out because you are not here for yourself. You're not here for the comforts of this world. You're not here uh, uh, for prosperity and an understanding of an easy, comfortable life for you. You are here for the kingdom of God, the dream of God. And when you begin to understand that, it's like it's a privilege that everything that I do is actually unto Him, for Him, through Him, in Him. You with me? That's why I get excited about, you know, 
what's coming and what the church is going to look like and what, we're, what we are starting to look like. Because you're going to see people give things up in a day, lay their lives down for what God says. They're so obedient. His voice is everything. Are you with me? I love, you know, what God's been doing in the community. There's two people in this room. They know uh, who they are. I won't say their names, but they were not so keen on India. And um, one of them is uh, behind the desk over there. You can choose between Matt or Robin. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but not so keen on India because I had shared some stories about uh, when we were there and how my toilet was a hole in the ground and uh, for 11 days or whatever it was. All the ladies got nice toilets, but I got a hole in the ground with no toilet paper, just a tap coming out the wall with a jug. I don't know about you, but it took me a long time to figure out how the heck you use a jug. <laughs> anyway, so I, I had some pretty intense stories from India. But you know what I love is that I remember Robin. Um, it's Robin, guys. Um, <laughs> Robin says to me, she says, I will never go to India. There's no ways God will never call me there. Now look at what the Holy Spirit's doing when I'm having conversations with her. And she's going like, if the Lord called me or asked me to go to India, I'm in. Where? There's more stories. <laughs> Can I share that? Is that okay? So Dan and Annie, oh man, you guys need to meet Dan and Annie. They're a powerhouse. They're getting married in October, it is. Yeah. And um, we were just chatting to them, and Annie was like, India is like the worst place on the planet. Like, never going to India. God's moved in her heart to, in such a way that she's saying to Dan, hey, if you want to go to India for honeymoon, <laughs> Dan's like, you have no idea what miracle that is. But you know what I love is, is it's that kind of heart. It's what God's doing in 24-7. It's people who are just, they're so hungry. It's like, what is the cost when I've seen him? It doesn't, it doesn't cost anything. I've seen him. I know him. I love him. He's everything. Hmm. I have no idea. <laughs> It's a good song. <laughs> Let's just worship. Yeah. So this is definitely not a preach, um, and it, it went to total different route. But we, I think Holy Spirit wants to just minister a little bit, so we'll let Him do that. But I, I, I really pray what you're hearing um, today is not. I have no desire to impress you, nor do I have any desire for you to come here and get swept up by hype and. Uh, the reason why we shout and scream is because sometimes that actually liberates you. Because sometimes we come in here from a, a tough week, and then people scream and you get all offended. And then it's like, wait, actually, that feels kind of good. <laughs> so that's okay. Sometimes you need to be offended to get free. And sometimes you need to realize that Jesus, he explodes in us. Sometimes There's, there's going to be things that come from you. It's just him. But the Lord today is wanting to just bring this pastoral word of the person of the Holy Spirit, because he, he sometimes is like a whisper, and, he, and he's, he's gentle, and we carry him in tenderness. But other times, he's like the Lion of Judah, and he roars in your life and explodes on you with the fire of heaven. And we need to understand that if we yield to him, if we let the Holy Spirit be Lord in the church, what he's building is so beautiful. And I want to say to you, hear me today, I want to say to you that we are on the brink of something so incredible as the people of God. We're leaning into something, and he will do it whether we say yes or not, but let's not miss this moment. We're in a hinge moment. Let's not miss it. Let's say yes to God. And maybe you're here today and you're saying, man, I'm in a difficult space. Life is challenging. Saying yes is difficult. I get that. But what is in your hand to say yes to the Lord right now? What does it look like? You know, for me, I love uh, Luke. He works in the week. I'm, is that okay? But I'm just using. He works in the week and it's, it's flat out and it's hard work. 
But he's here on a Wednesday, and he brings his stuff, and he sets it up, and he, he does his work here just so that he can get an hour to come in here in the prayer room. Now, I'm not saying that's what it looks like for you, but it looks like something else for you maybe, right? And that's beautiful, but what is in your hand to say yes to the Lord? Not to say yes to this building or yes to this, but, but saying yes to the dream of God and how you can serve the bride, serve the beloved, serve what God's doing. And if there's areas in your life where you're finding it difficult to find expressions of that, yes, ask Him. Lord, move in my life. Open opportunities and ways for me to partner with you, to collaborate with you in the kingdom more and more until you have absolutely everything. You're with me. Awesome. I'm so glad. So I want you to know today, I have no idea. In terms of a title, I'm so sorry, Bria. You can just, uh, Jesus is king. Um, but I really, what I hope today is, I, I hope you're just catching where we are right now. I'm just finding myself so tender before the Lord because I'm going, this is, this is huge. This is wild, Lord, what you're doing. And, and you're raising sons and daughters and mothers and fathers in this house that are going to change spheres of influence, that are going to change the world just because every single day you, you give him your yes and you let him work in and through you. And so I, I hope that you're encouraged. I hope that you're strengthened. I hope that you're hungry. And, and I want to say to you, don't come to a Sunday morning hoping that Sunday morning is going to solve your life problems because it really won't. Come to a Sunday morning because you're so fired up, full of Jesus, and excited to be a part of His bride. That you're so ready to minister to Jesus. That you're so ready to sing to Him, to worship Him, to scream and shout and weep and cry and, and, uh, and hear the Word of God and be equipped and excited. That actually when we go from this place, that's where it starts every week. This is the beginning. This is where we begin to move and invade. Are you with me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is it okay if I, if I minister for 10, we, it's 10 to 12? I've still got 10 minutes, so it's probably going to turn into 20 minutes, but we'll, we'll just go for it. <laughs> I love it. Come on. Okay. <laughs> love it. I love it. So, thank you, Jesus. So, let me... <laughs> just making some space, yeah. Let's just ask the Holy Spirit to, to minister to us this morning. Because he's here, and I, I, I find myself, when I was praying for this morning and really begging the Lord for some profound revelation to, to drop, <laughs> he didn't give me anything, but he started to speak to me about who he is and, and just asked me to be prepared to be an example that would invite you into that space with him. And so, Lord, I, I, I don't know how to do that, but I just trust that you are doing that this morning. I pray that people are just getting hungry just hungry for you, hungry to know you, Lord, that we are not, we're not looking for, um, we don't want to touch your glory, we want to be filled with your glory, we're not looking for recognition, we're looking for possession, we want to be filled, we want to be flooded with the Holy Spirit, come and fill us, Lord, come and fill your church, Lord, I thank you that I'm looking at a whole group of sons and daughters of God, and you're positioning them right now to follow you radically. Oh, it's way more than awesome services, though we love those, Lord. We love awesome services, but it's more. It's the kingdom of heaven being realized in our lives every day. Lord, I release encounters, an atmosphere of encounter right now across this room. And I pray for dreams, for visions, for prophetic encounters, for people reading the word like they've never read it before, that you would come alive in the word to them, Lord Jesus. I pray that you'd speak to their hearts even now. 
Holy Spirit, I'm asking you today to come and confirm your word with encounters with power and with signs and wonders. Lord, I, I really do pray that you position my heart even now to release something that's of your heart, but also to just receive, Lord, what you're about to do in this room. And I pray that every heart here would just be so expectant that we would not be familiar and that we would just be ready. And so we welcome you, Spirit of Jesus. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to come right now and to move. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you are sitting in your chair and you feel the tangible glory of God on your shoulders, just the weight of His glory, can you stand for me? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So I just want to ask you to look at Him. Just look at Jesus. Love Him. He's right here. The tangible presence of Holy Spirit is right here. When we talk about the presence of the Lord, we're talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. It's not a vibe. It's not some sort of energy. It's the person of God. And so, Holy Spirit, thank you that there is a tangible touch on these people that are standing right now, the tangible weight of your glory and your presence upon them. I just ask that you increase the work that you're doing. Father, I pray that you remove familiarity off of them and that they feel the awe, the reverence, the wonder that's upon them right now as they look at you.